we are back with episode two of our new season, Green Bites by Sustainable Asia. I'm Shermaine Lee. And I'm Bonnie Ao. The new season, Green Bites, is a weekly show that delivers our hand-picked news roundup on green stories in Asia that you should know about. Hey, Charmaine, how are you coping with the cold this week? I have been reluctant to get out of my bed in the mornings, and I've been drinking a lot more hot tea during the day just to keep myself warm. I know, right? Hong Kong has recorded temperatures below zero degree in January for the first time in history. That might explain why I'm having more home hot pots than I should. And you know how we Hong Kongers nearly never use heaters? Good for our carbon footprint, I guess, but I have to wear a beanie in my house now. Same here. I often find myself wearing at least three or four layers at home, just as much as I would wear when I go out these days. Now, Hong Kong isn't the only place that is experiencing super cold weather. In South Korea and China, they're also having the coldest winter in decades as we speak. It even paralyzed the traffic in part of Seoul. But at the same time, I'm also seeing some very interesting videos of Chinese swimmers diving into an icy lake and children sledding down a hill in a park in South Korea. China's official forecasting website even cracked a joke. They released a map that categorizes the country into different shelves of a freezer with a headline that reads, "Which shelf are you on?" Oh, that's really funny. Looks like this unusual cold weather has been causing heated discussions online, and even among scientists too. They now said it can be the result of a so-called collapse of the polar vortex. The polar vortex is a vast mass of cold air in the atmosphere above the Arctic. It was pushed off its axis earlier this month by sudden heat streams, which some argue can be linked to climate change. They expect possible ripple effects on weather across the northern hemisphere, and may explain the extreme cold weather right now. Scientists said the U.S., Europe, and Asia could be affected. Now, moving on to other news stories. This week, we will dig into Malaysia's tree planting campaign, Japan and India's green resolutions, Cambodia's fishing village changes, Taiwan's creative solution to flooding, and China's plan to ban plastics. So, first off, Malaysia. The country is kicking off a five-year campaign to plant a hundred million trees across the country, starting from early January. These trees are expected to absorb 18 million tons of carbon emissions each year, which will account for the annual carbon emission of about 2.2 million citizens in Malaysia. So, do we know what kind of trees they're going to plant? It will mostly be merbu, a hardwood constantly targeted by illegal loggers. World Conservation Union said earlier that it is facing a high risk of extinction in the wild. Next up is Japan. They're taking a different approach to realize their carbon neutral goal by 2050, and they plan to maximize the use of renewable energy, including wind power. More than half of the power the country needs will have to come from renewable energy resources to achieve that goal. The Japanese government will also slash the price of electric vehicles and reduce customers' purchase of gasoline-powered ones. Yeah, that's right, Bunny. And elsewhere in Asia, India is also gearing up to achieve its carbon-neutral goal. Last week, we mentioned that India is on its way to build the world's largest hybrid renewable energy plant. Do you remember? But there's more to it. With a little help from the Asia Development Bank, the northeastern state Assam. Has received a 231 million loan to build a hydroelectric power plant. 
So it is reported that this plant will store water from Kopeli River and generate a total capacity of 120 megawatt of electricity. It helps the state avoid over 530,000 tons of per annum carbon dioxide emissions, which would otherwise be produced by fossil fuel-driven generation. While Asia is stepping up to fight against climate change, vulnerable countries continue to suffer from extreme weather. Have you heard of one of the largest inland lakes in Cambodia called Tonle Sap? Yes, the lake is now in an extremely dry condition because of a major drought last year and the El Nino climate effect, where weak seasonal winds cause the warming of the ocean surface and bring drier and warmer conditions. And that is the weather that fishmongers come to hate. The low fish stocks in the lake are pushing nearly 2,600 fishing families nearby to the edge. So they have to grow crops on the fish breeding grounds just to make ends meet. As there's not actually much to fish for, young people are slowly leaving villages to work in factories and cities. It's really sad to see the traditional way of living slipping away. Some more affluent countries like Taiwan are thinking ahead to minimize the damages brought by these extreme weather events. The South Root Island has been a victim of floods and landslides for decades. So this year, the government has decided to issue a new landslide alert mechanism in the whole nation based on its first real-time landslide monitor. How will the residents know about the landslides? Wouldn't it be too late for them to escape when landslides are coming their way? So people in high-risk areas will receive short SMS message alerts when rainfall accumulates to a dangerous amount, so they can have about five to six hours to evacuate before the landslide hits. That's a good move from the government, as the country has already lost 500 lives in 2009 alone at the southern province of Gaoxiong by a deadly mud flow during Typhoon Morakot. The tragic incident happened in less than two hours, so residents were not able to evacuate. Although it seems to have taken the government over a decade to finally build this, I think it's a very important first step to a more effective early intervention. Yes, I totally agree. On top of natural disasters, we also want to talk about the plastic crisis. We all know that plastics are one of the key pollutants for the environment, and the COVID-19 pandemic is certainly not helping. As people are more likely to stay home to follow social distancing rules, there is a rising demand for online food deliveries and shopping, meaning more disposable packaging is used. But there is a bit of good news from China. Yes, so the country plans to largely cut down on the use and production of plastic by 2025, and now many local governments are rolling out their own related campaigns. For example, in Sichuan Province's capital city Chengdu, they have begun to control the production and use of non-degradable plastic bags and single-use cutlery. The province is also introducing more eco-friendly packaging for delivery items. Similarly, in Guangzhou, they also introduced regulations to gradually cut down the distribution of non-degradable plastic items. Experts say it's sending a message to consumers that they have to minimize the reliance on plastic products. And this message is loud and clear. Reinforcing on that message are my idols, Dalai Lama and Swedish green activist Greta Thunberg. The two had a virtual meeting recently and urged everyone to educate themselves on climate change and take immediate action. Greenpeace is happily doing both. Speaking of action, we have asked our listeners last week to share their New Year Green resolutions with us on our social media platforms. We're still taking the responses, so don't forget to leave us a note after you finish this podcast. We will share and read them out in later episodes. 
Just before we end this episode, we'd like to know how you're staying warm in this cold winter, and if you have any creative green solutions, let us know on our social media platforms with the hashtag #ShareYourBite. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast channels for more content, and share our podcast with your friends and family. To find out more about us, visit our website at sustainableasia.co and follow us on Twitter at sustainableasia or Facebook Sustainable Asia Co.